This is Bigger Than the Game with Dermy Dove and Jose Ruiz. Welcome to Bigger Than the Game with Dermy and Jose. I'm Dermy Dove, and I'm joined by my friend, co-host, tag team partner, champion of the world, the one and only Mr. Jose Ruiz. What's going on? The people's champ. There you the people's go. champ? I don't know. That's, that's the rock. Yeah, I don't know if you know, can take I that know. title now. Yeah, what's going, what's going on, Dermy? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Um, I enjoyed... You know, for those who listen, like we did, you know, episode not, you know, two weeks ago was on the 86 Mets. I enjoyed the 30 for 30. I really liked that. Thought they did a really good job. Shout out to Nick Davis. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. Did a good job. Cousin Sal, the whole crew. I really enjoyed that. Um, I felt like we really kind of hit on that pretty good. Like for not being, you know, privy to seeing it, I thought we... Yeah. We brought up some real good stuff for it. And it's funny, I was watching it and I just kept smiling like <laughs> we were talking about that. We were talking about that. So, yeah, if you haven't watched it, check it out. It, again, I was just telling Jeremy right before we kicked off the show. I, I felt like these last 30 for 30s, they weren't as, I, I don't know if it, the expectation for me was too high. I know for you, we were always talking about that. But I think this one, this one was a really good one. We, I needed that for sure. Absolutely. If you haven't listened to our episode talking about the 86 Mets and what we were Excited for that 30 for 30. Check the archives and give it a listen. Check them. But, Jose, you know, September 16th, we it was an off week for us. Yeah. So we, we weren't recording, but, you know, this was marked from the beginning of the year. It was a special one. You know, it's the 40th anniversary, Leonard versus Hearns. And, you know, we had the Kings on Showtime debuting this summer, and yep. we loved that. So many people did love it. It was – It was great. It was unbelievable. Like, that Showtime – documentaries they they step it up big time and that was a uh, knocked it out the park yeah that, honestly all four of them were great yeah and again if you haven't watched any of those please go check them out man they're each episode is amazing i, I love the way how they get into each boxer um e- each of like the four kings and um the way they just dive into it, it it's just it, it was great stuff but it's such you know in my opinion the greatest era in boxing and we couldn't have our show and couldn't we wouldn't feel right if we didn't look at one of the great fights of that decade of, of the four kings of course 40th anniversary leonard hearns we had to talk about it man oh absolutely i mean we talked about another fight between the four kings with the uh, hagler hearns fight that epic the fight the super fight you mm-hmm. know and um you know we really enjoyed that doing that show too and we, you know we we were doing it more out of respect for the great marvelous hagler but you know, even while we were talking about that, you know, we knew we were doing this one as well. No, for sure. And this this fight is career defining for both guys yep. in a lot of ways. And you know, you see the, these guys, the four kings are always going to be talked about. They're always linked together. But I got to be honest, man. You know, when you look at Leonard, Hagler, Duran, they had. In my opinion, now, if you think you disagree with me, you know, people listening, let me know. Jose, let me know. But in my opinion, I think Hearns kind of gets a little, he gets kind of like knocked a little bit. He doesn't get put in that same greatness as those other three guys. And I'm looking at Tommy Hearns just as a fighter, just his whole package deal. You know, the first fighter to win titles in five divisions. You know, only five men have done it. He was the first. And the other four, you got Ray Charles Leonard. We got Oscar De La Hoya, the Golden Boy. Golden Boy, yeah. Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Manny Pacquiao. So let me ask you a question, right? When we talk about all those other boxers, you know, that conversation, man, like, you know, when you talk about all-time rankings, 
you're adding a lot of those guys you just Absolutely. mentioned. So why is it you think that we don't talk about Tommy Hearns the same way? And that's my thing. You know, I think because we look at it and we kind of will touch on it when other episodes we do. But I think this one's a little unique because you look at, say, a Dan Marino. You right. got Barkley. You, you talk about these guys who haven't won at all. And it's a little bit different because they're team sports. So you could say with Marino, uh, did they have a run game? Did they have defense? Did Barkley have help? It's different when you have sports like boxing or MMA where it's just you, you know, mano a mano, one-on-one. And so it is really, you look at it, it's on that person. Yeah. And, you know, he, Thomas Hearns is a part of two of the most iconic fights of that era and of all time, especially, you know, check our archives on the Hagler-Hearns fight yeah. back in 85. Check them. So... He's to me. I think the reason why is he's defined by those two losses, and he lost to Ray Leonard, and he put up great efforts, legendary efforts in both of those fights. You know, in '81 against Leonard, '85 against Hagler. So to me, it's like hearing what he did. You know, he has great wins. He beat one of the four kings in an epic just knockout. On he just whooped Duran. He destroyed Duran. I mean, and Roberto Duran's Roberto Duran. Yeah. You know, he has wins over other Hall of Fame fighters. You know, from Virgil Hill to Pepino Cuevas. And honestly... Yeah, well, Fredo Benitez, like, well, he, yeah. that, he's an all-time great Puerto Rican boxer, but he's also a great champion. Yeah. And, and he that was another great fight, but we'll get into those fights later on. So but. I I just kind of look at it, and really, it was eight years later, but he, honestly, it was a draw against Leonard, but he beat Leonard, really. He did beat him. You know, Ray even admits it. So to me, I just wonder, is that right? Is it right that we define you by those losses as a boxer, as an athlete, period. But, like, when you have that great resume like Thomas Hearns does, is this the right thing to do to kind of put him, like, down a little bit? I mean, the only thing I can think about, let's just, you know, that analogy, right, like, you know, comparing him to these other three guys is, you know, each of these guys have, like, that signature win, right? Like, Leonard beat Dur- – Duran beat Leonard, right, and vice versa. Hagler – you know, beat Hearns. Like, they all have these big wins, and I just feel like, you know, Tommy Hearns doesn't have that one win against any of the... Or he, like you said, we knocked yeah. out Durant, but that's a good point, though. Should he have that? I mean, that's a win over Durant. He should have that. I, in my opinion, he definitely should have like that. Like, Hagler fought Durant, and that went 12 rounds. Right. And that was a tight... People looked... Durant was leading in that fight, really. And, and that fight exposed Hagler a little bit and, and helped you know, Leonard and later on, like, you know, like, so that, you know, Durant didn't just lose, but he, he kind of mapped out the blueprint because mm-hmm. even Durant said it when, when Leonard was going to fight Hagler, Durant told him, dude, just box him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you'll be all right. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, that, that, and then the thing is, right. With, you know, that Tommy, that Tommy Hearns, um, Sugar Ray Leonard fight, he had that first fight. Right. And it, this is where it was like, it was driving me crazy. Right. Cause I was thinking, like, we always talk about what-ifs here, right? With teams, everything, with coaches. So I was thinking, man, like, if he, you know, if he was smart enough, and not to say he wasn't smart, but, like, that last, you know, those last couple rounds, the 13th, 14th round in this first fight, and, again, we'll, we'll definitely get into the fight. We're going to break down the fight for you all. But if he just kind of, like, falls back, boxes Leonard those last couple rounds, you know, even if he loses those rounds, he was winning that fight. So say he beats Leonard that first fight, and say that second fight, because it was not a draw, right. right? You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't have been a draw. Say he beats him that second fight, you know, 
and then the, the loss of Hagler, it's like, okay, like the guy broke his hand, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't know if even that would have mattered, you know what I'm saying? But, like, we're looking at Thomas Hearns completely different, and we're also looking at Sugar Ray Leonard completely different. And that's the thing to me, because you have to look at it. No one, Roberto Duran, honestly, even with no Moss, he's looked at as like a definition of masculinity in the sport of boxing, which is crazy. Like, the sport for so long of toughness. Yeah, he's like that macho yeah. Latino guy down pack. And no one has defeated Duran the way Tommy Hearns did that night. He he almost knocked his head off. Yeah. And it was I, one of the most vicious knockouts I've ever seen. I mean, that knockout on Duran, that knockout on Pepino Cuevas, who's a Hall of Fame fighter, you know. Going, not, he was knocking all my Latin dudes yeah. out. <laughs> you go up to years later, older in his career, He's a welterweight, goes up to light heavyweight and beats Virgil Hill, who's a future Hall of Famer. He's, right. a, he's a boxing Hall of Famer. But that doesn't get talked about. When you see great punchers, you see Tommy Hearns' name there. But when you see greatest boxers, he's low. The other three are high. And is that right? You know, is that the right thing? You know, I look at it. I said players. You can look at coaches, whether it's right. like a Marty Schottenheimer, those coaches who have these great wins, but maybe they don't have a cha- Marv Levy, you know, your favorite team, the Bills. That's what I was thinking. This Tommy Hearns is the Bills, the Buffalo Bills of boxing. You know, and, and it's just like, but I feel like we're giving the Bills over time. We start to give them more appreciation. And I don't know. I kind of feel like we should give Thomas Hearns a little more appreciation of what he he's been getting. He's definitely he definitely deserves it. I, I know you feel that way. I definitely feel that way, because again, some of the stuff that he did throughout his career. Again, he was the first to to win titles in four different divisions. Then he goes five. to five. Then he goes to five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then he goes. He wins six titles. He but he had two junior um, heavyweight titles. This dude, man, like he his career. If you if you put it down on paper, you can compare that to a lot of careers, a lot of these greats. He should be talked about as pound for pound one of the best boxers. Cause you talked about like when you when you when you talk about greatest knockout artists, he's definitely up there. Cause we just talked about some of those examples of some of those fights that he ended pretty quickly too. You know, so but when he was when he when he started boxing dudes, it wasn't too many guys that can beat him. No, and again we'll. And that showed a lot in this fight that we're going to talk about. I mean, the dude was 6'3", 6'4", with a 78-inch reach. So if he wanted to just stand back, move around a little bit, jab you, there was not too much you can do. Well, and the thing is, you know, he took on, you know, Detroit was going through tough times. And still is, really. But, you know, he was kind of like that extra, like that fifth sport, really, you know, for like Detroit. Good point. You know, Tommy Hearns kind of took that mantle on. You know, he's fighting out of the Kronk gym, legendary Kronk gym. Kronk. You know, learn. you know, he was trained, you know, by his trainer, mentor, father figure, the late, great Emmanuel Stewart. Who's a know. great trainer. Great trainer, great commentator. Yeah, you I, know. Love, I love Manny Stewart. I miss him, miss him big time. But, you know. He's bringing all that in, and the thing is, when he started with Emmanuel Stewart, he was a he was a boxer. He was a guy who moved. He jabbed. Emmanuel Stewart saw that in him, that potential, and then taught him how to be a devastating puncher. And that's where, and which will come up later in the you know the uh, the fight with Sugar Ray, that first fight, is that he had that boxing ability in him first before he became this just knockout artist. Yeah, because even if he would have just stuck with that he would have had a great career. Right. You know what I mean? It was just that the the knockout power put him on a level that a lot of guys are not there. You know what I'm saying? Even you mentioned like the 
the Oscar De La Hoyos. I wouldn't put De La Hoya over a Tommy Hearns. Like For overall, overall, yeah, me neither. You know, because De La Hoya can definitely box you. He was a great fighter. He was a very smart fighter, but he did not have that punching power that Tommy Hearns had. You know, even like, you know. I mean, there, there were some great names you, you rattled off. You know, Manny, but Manny had both. You know, I'll give Manny that. Right. You know, Floyd had a lot of that, too. Like, you can't take away. Like, I know Floyd now is a lot older, and he's more defensively, but early on, Floyd was sharp, and he was he knocking was. dudes out. So, you know, I want to give credit where it's due. But, again, like, to have that combination of, like, boxing ability, speed, because he had speed, man. Like, and I think that's – and that punching power, I think that separated him from a lot of these – like, the, let's just keep it to the four kings – like, if you want to line them up individually, when it comes to, like, pure natural talent, he might be the most talented out of all of them. Yeah. You know, like, just pure boxing talent. Like, I'm not saying he's the best fighter out of mm-hmm. all of them, but if you just look at it pound for pound, pure talent, you know, there's an argument to be made That's for Tommy interesting Hearns. point. Interesting point, yeah, because they all have it, but I... Yeah, like, because uh, Duran's not a natural welterweight. He was a lightweight. He's a lightweight. Duran has a lot of unbelievable talent. He does, yes. With that stamina and that endurance and his defensive ability, but... And um, that punching power, and too. And his punching power, you know. Um, and you look at Ray Leonard, he's a great, great boxer, ex- exceptional speed, you know. And when he had you hurt, he can put you down. Like, you know, I, even though, like, the later, the older I've gotten, the more I've disliked Sugar Ray Leonard... <laughs> But, again, uh, that's my shit. But even him, like, you know, if he, he had punching power, you know, and then you look at Hagler and his boxing ability, but he didn't have the speed that the other guys might have had. So it, it's just, you know, th- looking back at this fight, it just had me really, like, trying to break down each of these guys individually and just kind of seeing, like, you know, whose tools, if I can pick one of them, would it be? And to be honest, I kept going with Tommy Hearns. Yeah, and and going into that fight, Hearns, 32-0. and 0. 30 of those wins by knockout. He was not playing around, man. Yeah, like no. he, he was he was he was brutal out there. You know, and that uh, it's something because you know, you look at those old clips ESPN has them of like Tyson's knockouts for that early part, you know, Tyson was Tyson. Yeah. I'm like you could have that for Tommy Hearns honestly cuz his knockouts are just as vicious. Especially Jerry Carroll. Yeah, that Tommy Carroll, Hearns. He was he was he, he was had the monster. soul glow. He, he had was a that monster. soul glow going, you know, before soul glow. He yeah. was he was doing it. But even like we talk about, you know, like Guys putting that fear in you, man. Like you, you know, those stare downs right before the fight started, man. I would have been like, I'm out. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like and, sure. you, and you look at him and it's just like, sheesh, man. How can I get to this dude? Like you know what I'm saying. He can keep me away with the jab, and if I try to slip something, he can hit me with that right hand, and it's going to be over with. And and one another thing too that I kind of forgot about with this fight, he was 22 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking, and, you know, Leonard's 25, and they keep talking about it. They were both in their primes. I don't think 22 is your prime, but, you know, I, I, 25, Leonard isn't definitely in no. his prime. You I, know, I so. think Tommy was in his prime a few years later, right. like around when he beats Duran, yep. when he fights Hagler. That's more of Tommy's prime, but th- this is not his prime, not at he, all. He's young, man. He's a, he's a pup in his game, and Leonard was smart. He was really smart. I'll give him that, but... Yeah, at 22 years old, doing what he was doing, it's super impressive. Now, I got to ask you because he can't let it because, you know, we're looking at Tommy Hearns and how he doesn't get his just due in our opinion. But you talked about how you get older and you don't like Sugar Ray Leonard as right. you get older. And Ray, Ray Leonard is iconic. Right. Ray Leonard is obviously the, you know, it's, he's one half of this great fight. You know, he's one fourth of the the great, in my opinion, the greatest era in boxing with the four kings, and there's other great fighters of that era too. That's why the '80s are so great. But 
you start with the four kings, and one of them is Ray Leonard. So why, as you get older, you have a a distaste, a bad taste in your mouth for Sugar Ray Leonard? Because it's, you know, boxing as a fan, right? Like, you want to see all these guys fight each other, which these guys did. Like, this was, again, and I think that added to this era because you can, you can have great talent. And we talked about, you know, we did a show on 90s heavyweight boxing. You know, check, check the, the archives. Check them. You know, like, that was, and they were all fighting each other. That's what makes it great. Besides Tyson. Yeah, well, <laughs> he had some issues that he had to deal with. He got but, sent away. Yeah, so, um, but you can have all this talent, and if these dudes don't fight each other, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, you have individual talent, that's great, but, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, for me, he was the one out of these four that he was more of like ducking dudes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like that. Because even this Tommy Hearns fight, he was, you know, I've seen clips of him talking about, well, he's not on my level. He's not on the level of Durant, so why am I going to fight him? Dude, because he's the WBO champion and you're the WBA champion or vice versa. I get, I get them all mixed up. but Too many acronyms. Yeah, so you're both champions, right? <laughs> Let me just say that way. And you, you should be fighting each other. But, you know, him doing things like that, him fighting Duran the second time, knowing that Duran was out of shape, so he was trying to hurry up and get that fight, you know, like the contracts and all that situated. So Because he, he knew Duran was super out of shape. He was, he was living his best life, as they say, right? And, and then even like Hagler, he didn't want to fight Hagler early. He waited too long to fight Hagler. Hagler was kind of out of his prime. You know, so he, for me, Leonard was very... I guess you can call it smart. You know what I mean? Like, he was very smart on when, when to fight these guys. And, I mean, because I think this Thomas Hearns fight, he had no choice but to fight him. You know what I mean? So, and then he's like, he retires like four or five times. Like, it, it's just. Which a lot of boxers do. A lot of boxers have that. that that's a trend we've seen a lot of times. But to, to, give, you, to give the counter argument from hearing Ray Leonard, because, you know, what his words, um, because you look at it, that's what makes this era so special is you all throughout boxing history beforehand, what is the most important is the heavyweight champion of the world. Right. So you look from like, you know, Jack Johnson, you know, Jack Dempsey to Joe Lewis to Ali, all those things that you know, Rocky Marciano, that's what was, you know, you knew the president of the United States, you knew who the heavyweight champion of the world was. What makes this era special is this is the first time in boxing. The stars are not the heavyweights. You know, yeah. Even though Larry Holmes should have been getting more credit, right. he was a great fighter at this time. Um, the biggest fights were with these guys who were in the smaller weight classes. So Leonard you know, was a trendsetter in that way because then we see what happens with De La Hoya after that and Mayweather and Pacquiao and you know Trinidad. They were able to get that big money. Like It started with, honestly, you could say... This fight. With this fight. Well, Leonard Duran, I would say, kind of helped it. That, yeah. Those two fights. But those three... Other guys, I got to be honest, I don't think had the business acronym, the uh, the promotional acronym that Ray Leonard had. Ray Leonard is a promotional genius when you especially look at what he did back then. And he said for the fans, he was like, you have to have that buildup. You can't just keep rolling out. He's like, as a fighter, it's hard to have. He's like, you got to have some in between or some time to build it up. As a fighter, like you know, recovering, like we can't just have big fights after big fights. But he did say. For the buildup, you can't just go big fight because then fans get used to it. Yeah. It becomes common ground. And when I heard that, I'll be honest, I, I, I always thought of him like the way you have said it. But I was like, I hate that. But that's really true, though. Like when you have like now it can go too long. 
Mayweather Pacquiao is an example. Yep. Like it can sometimes you wait too long and it's like uh, not the same. But when you do have that buildup, like that excitement is there. Like you, you know that in, that anticipation. So like, I I saw his point, you know, with that. And I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like I I definitely understand that. And look, he's a great fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not sitting here saying he's not great oh, for sure. You know what I mean? I just for me like the way he goes about it. I, I just why well, wasn't a fan of it. I'll just put it that way. But definitely a great fighter. Definitely proved that in this fight. You know what I mean? Like the way he stepped up towards the end there, especially, and and it, it was great because the commentary even said it. Like, you know, once you know Ray Ray Leonard was a great finisher, and he was that. You know what I'm saying? Like he was really smart. But once he had you, you 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 were going down. You know right. what I'm saying? And I, I'll definitely give him credit for that. No, and so going into this fight, you know. That was set up for September 16th of 81, and Jose said it. Uh, there was a little gamesmanship with Ray Leonard, and, you know, Tommy Hearns was saying he wants to fight. Tommy Hearns was at the second Duran fight yep. and threw a chicken, or a yeah. rubber chicken, into the arena <laughs> yeah. to, you know, antagonize. So, which was those, those days, that was fun. I think that's when he made that comment, that he's not on Duran's level yeah. and his level, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it was all very interesting to see that. Uh, the favorite going into that fight was Hearns. Right. Hearns was the favorite. And what everyone was talking about, even, you know, Howard Cosell was sitting down with those two in between Hagler. That's what was cool about that era, though. The other, like, other people of, like, the, the four kings would go to the other fights to watch and yeah. scout. But yeah. uh, Hagler talked about, like, yeah, Ray is the boxer, Tommy's the puncher, and, you know, it's going to be seeing that matchup. And... I think what's great about this fight, you know, we as we get into it, is the roles get reversed from kind of opening round. You know, Tommy Hearns tries up being the he's the boxer going into this, and I just think that shows their greatness as well. Like, you know, you can't just be one dimensional, and that's the thing. Like to be one of those, and we were talking about like a different level type of boxer. You have to have the ability to kind of switch it up, right? You have to have the ability to box. And then when it's time to, you know, you know, plant your feet and just stay right, stand right in front, you have to have that ability too. And I give both of these guys credit because this fight changed like three times, I want to say. The first couple rounds, and again, I'm not going to jump too far ahead of myself, but was it was one style of fight between both of these guys. Towards the middle of the fight, it completely flopped, and it was just a different type of fight. And then at the end, it was another type of fight. It was just so much fun to watch because, again, like, it's showing their versatility for both of these fighters, not just one, but both. They both had that ability, and it was it was so beautiful to watch. Now, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of rewind a little bit. Something interesting I found out in, like, doing research for this episode is that Tommy Hearns, 32-0, was the champ, going to get big money, winds up getting $8 million from this fight, which is it's huge now, but back in 81 – really huge you know yeah Leonard got around like 11 and a half to 12 but he was the bigger name I guess and the, you know the business guy yeah but um Tommy Hearn started feeling himself and for the first time you know was not listening to his trainer mentor Emmanuel Stewart and was kind of like doing his own thing not going by what Manny was saying saying that over in Ray's camp Angelo doesn't run it uh, the other, like, Ray's brother and, like, Mike Trainer's manager, they kind of, like, hold it down. Angelo comes in just at the end and, and just gives a little advice but stays out the way. That's what Tommy Hearns was telling Emmanuel Stewart. Emmanuel Stewart later, you know, when recapping this, said that four days before the fight, Tommy winds up sparring for seven rounds with another couple of Kronk Jim fighters. 
Wow. And Manny was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Four days before the fight. And, he, and you know, they, it wasn't like just like for camera. They were really going at it. And so and when I see some of this fight and seeing like how Tommy's legs were and stuff, and I hear heard that information, it's like, wow. And it, it also shows, to your point, the immaturity. Right. 22 in Tommy Hearns as well. But it, it was interesting to hear that tidbit. And I kind of wonder if he would have listened and definitely wouldn't have done that if he would have had a little more stamina to kind of put this fight over the edge for him. Yeah, and even he came in at 145, which, you know, normally, and I can't, I don't know if it was Gil Clancy that was saying it, because um, that's the commentary I mm-hmm. saw, and he was saying he should have came in around 147, 148, right. and he would have been a little more stronger, which made a lot of sense to me, because you would think, like, if you look at these two, you would think he would weigh more than Leonard, and he did not for this fight, which was which was a little odd, but... Yeah, you that that's a great point, you know, because I didn't know that, and it makes sense in a way because even like both of their fights, you know, not to jump ahead too too far, but like towards the end of the fight, he was he was gassed, you know. And now we're talking fifteen rounds, also. Yeah. You know, like there's a reason why they stopped fighting these guys fifteen rounds, and it's like these guys towards the end of the fight are dead. They look dead. But I'll give him Ray Leonard credit, man. Like, he really stepped up in his last 13th, 14th round, which we'll get to, and really did his thing, man. But, no, that that if you watch this fight, you can see exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because he stopped bouncing around. He stopped boxing. It was, like, more just standing there. And then, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard was able to tee off on him. Yeah, no, that's and that's something um, Ray Leonard letters. He later said that when he saw that Tommy weighed less than him, he kind of thought he would be frail and not have any strength, and he was surprised, you know, those especially those early rounds and throughout that Tommy did have strength and Tommy did have move, you know, to to an extent. Now, did he have enough to go? We'll talk about. Yeah. But he was moving, and it was something to see. Uh, watching because you hear, like, you know, watch documentaries, you hear different things, and, like, definitely to me the first five rounds go to Tommy Hearns. Easily. But it wasn't as much action as I I, I thought there'd be more of Hearns was definitely clearly. It kind of was just Hearns did a little bit more, in my opinion, than what Ray. Ray kind of was like feeling him out, trying to do psychological warfare by acting like goofing yeah. around. But Ray did not really know what to do with Tommy in those early rounds. And it was it was evident, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, we always think about that Tommy Hearns, the pure power, the knockout artist. He did not come out fighting like that. He came out bouncing around. But Ray Leonard also came out running around and pretty much running from him. I'll be honest. And, yeah. you know, Hearns was keeping him away with the jab. And I just think, like you said, like he didn't know what to do with Hearns. And he he was even when Ray Ray Leonard was throwing punches, it was like a throwing a punch. And like he was already going back, you know, and he was scared of the power. And I don't blame him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was he was afraid of the power. And it was it, you can tell. And he was just giving away rounds and giving away rounds. But also in boxing, I know how you know, and I'm sure our listeners know, but it's like, you know, if you're like pursuing somebody and just bringing the action, like you're going to get credit for that round. And that's exactly what Hearns was doing those first five rounds. He was he was following Leonard. He was chasing Leonard. You know, he was throwing more punches, obviously. And even like it wasn't a lot of power punches, but he was the one throwing those power punches. Ray Leonard wasn't throwing any power punches. It seemed like anyway, but. So that's why he was getting those rounds because again he was he was taking the fight to Leonard, while Leonard was just kind of running around and bouncing around and and trying to figure it out. So, I mean that's why he had that huge lead because again, that those first five rounds were easily easily earned. Yeah, it was easy and like you said, watching like the the broadcast and they were kind of they were 
confused and saying, I don't know what Ray Leonard's doing here. He's got to right. do something. He, right. And he wasn't doing anything in those five rounds besides trying to taunt. And I like that, like that, that animosity there, like, you know, what, like, after uh, the rounds and stuff. Yeah. Where Ray's trying to taunt and Tommy, you know, was young and he wasn't like, he wasn't intimidated by the big stage or by Ray. No, I, I'll give him that, you know, from being 22 years old, he was, he was ready. He was definitely ready for this fight. And, you know, again, he was he was hitting him with the jab. That jab was has got to be lethal, man. Like seventy eight inch reach. He had a four inch reach on on Leonard, and you know he starts swelling that left eye as well. He yeah. was, he was catching him, and around that fifth round, I want to say towards the end of the fourth, the fifth, you can see that that eye starting to shut down a little bit. And you don't really see that with Ray Leonard, but you did in this fight for sure. No, and to me, it doesn't really get going for Ray. I think he kind of just knows. I think Angelo Dundee, legendary trainer, letting him know, like, you got to do something. Yeah. But it doesn't really get going for him until the sixth round. Right. And in that sixth is when you see Ray really start to take it to him and really kind of hurts Tommy in that round. He almost knocked him out, you know. And what he started doing, instead of bouncing around, and what he was doing the first five rounds, he kind of was just planted, flat-footed, and started to counter Tommy Hearns. And then he countered him with his up, right uppercut, and he nailed him right in the chin. And, and Tommy's a big dude, but, again, he seemed frail. I don't know. And he got hit with that punch, and it was almost lights out. And that completely shifted the fight. And that's what, we were talk, that's what I was talking about earlier, where the first five rounds, it was more like Tommy Hearns just outboxing Leonard. But this now from the sixth maybe to, like, the tenth round, that's when you start seeing these guys really start throwing punches. Now, for me, I got to be honest, because people were are upset with this after the fight, but they felt that the sixth round should have been a 10-8 round for Leonard. And I think Leonard definitely won the that round. Yeah. He hurt him. I thought Tommy did well in the sixth round. I thought Tommy showed, like you kind of heard the commentary, I thought Tommy showed some fight in there. He lost a round, but it because a lot of people look at the sixth round and go, why didn't Ray finish him off? And I look at it, like rewatching it, I don't think Tommy did not look like who knows how bad he felt. And I don't blame Ray Leonard for that sixth round. I wouldn't have thought like to go in for the kill as much. Yeah. Tommy was throwing some good punches. It was hurting Ray too. So I thought Ray won the sixth, but it was a lot closer than what people gave it. Whereas the seventh, I thought, is when Ray, those sixth and seventh rounds, those are for, I think, a while. Those are the only two rounds that I felt like Ray definitely won was the sixth and seventh. He dominated, especially yeah. that seventh. Um, because then, again, he was counterpunching. He found something with that left hook. He was hitting him with that left hook clean. And then Angelo Dundee wanted him to go to the body. And that bo- those body shots were opening up that left hook. So, you know, he definitely dominated. I don't. I wouldn't have gave him a 10-8 round in the sixth for sure, Not especially if he didn't knock him down. But, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I know you can get a 10-8 round when you dominate. But I, you're right. Like, Hearn still had something there, you know. And he was hurt. Don't get me wrong. But. It's not like, you know, he, he he was hurt, but he was still coming back and throwing punches. But those were the best two rounds, and obviously towards the end of the fight, so far for Ray Leonard. Well, and I think that 
part of Tommy Hearn's reputation is he had a glass jaw. Right. You think a punch. Which, now, it, he, yeah. I don't think that's true. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think that's true because I think whether it's this fight or the Hagler fight, the Hagler fight, he's just taking, it's just bombs. Yeah. And then he's also winds up being shorthanded um, with, he breaks his hand in that fight. But I look at this fight, he takes good punches, sixth and seventh. And to me, he showed the heart of a champion, which he was. And, right. You know, but he winds up coming back from it and really starts to really kind of dominate and take the fight back to him, you know, especially rounds nine through 12. And that's where I look at it as just being so impressive is. I mean, his those losses that we're talking about, it's to Ray Leonard, it's to Marvin Hagler, and that's where like the glass jaw kind of reputation comes in. And I, I don't think that's totally fair. I don't think it's I don't think he has a glass jaw, but he's he's been rocked a lot. You know what I mean? Like I, I I think against and Benitez, I think he like Benitez had him kind of wobbly a little bit. And I think against Dennis Andres, I think he had him a little wobbly too. But again, like, you know, he's also moving up in weight against these guys. So it, it's a different power, but Glass jaw, I don't know. I wouldn't say glass jaw though, for sure. And, and Wilfred Benitez, you talk about natural talent. Oh, that was that's a great. I think you know I'm going to root for him. He's he's he might be top of the list. Nat, like if Wilfred, if Wilfred Benitez would have just focused more, right? I think could have been we could have been talking about the five kings in this era. In my honest opinion, I think Wilfred. Yeah, Benitez he's the best Puerto Rican boxer of all time. I think over uh, over Trinidad? Trinidad. Yeah, okay. I think so and I love Trinidad. I love Trinidad too. I, I'm trying I to tell Tito. you. Tito was my guy, man. It was like a, not to go super off topic, but when he fought in the 90s, it was like a holiday. Man. That was great. It oh, was like yeah. a holiday. Yeah, no. ESPN was ESPN News on Sunday aired the De La Hoya Trinidad fight, and I was watching it again. Just Yeah, know. I remember that watching that fight, and, dude, they were, like, closing streets, like, and oh, celebrating yeah. like, in Philly. I know for I sure. I remember. It was awesome. So, you know, so Wilford, so that, I, that's, and I say that, you know, to connect it, to bring it back to, like, Tommy Hearn. Those are – Benitez is a Hall of Famer anyway. And that was a great fight, him and Hearns. Great fight. Yeah, so these are great fights against great warriors here. Right. You know, Benitez gave it to Leonard, too. Yeah. Like, Leonard – I've never seen Ray Leonard miss more, like, punches. Like, Wilfred could slip and just – so I, I look at those guys, and you brought up a good point. He's moving up in weight class a lot. Different power, man. Yeah, like, I, I – I think he he also took some big shots from some really big fighters too. I mean that just just that Hagler fight alone, he caught he took he he ate some bombs. You know what I'm saying? And that fight for a lot of other guys, which was proven in Hagler's track record, would have been over maybe that first round. You know, mm -hmm. so I give him that credit for sure. But you know, you look at it from rounds nine through twelve, it's really impressive what Tommy did, and it's impressive that he went back to the he regrouped. Went back to the boxing style and really was taking it to Ray and really just damaging that eye. And really, Ray was thrown off balance there. Yeah, and I love you, you brought up Emmanuel Stewart and his greatness. I think his greatness was really shown in these rounds right here because, you know, he was getting on Tommy Hearns in the corner and it had great audio on mm -hmm. it. And he was talking about his right hand. He was dropping his right hand because you were talking about he was feeling himself. He was definitely feeling himself in this fight too because once he kind of knew he was dominating. Leonard, he was doing the showboating right with him, and he was doing a little too much, and he was dropping his right hand, and that's why he was getting hit with that left hook, and that's what um, Emmanuel Stewart was saying. You got to keep that right hand up and start throwing he some was. damn punches. He like. was, but I got to ask this, and I love Manny Stewart. God rest his soul. Great boxing mind, great trainer, Hall of Famer himself, you know, the way he did with Lennox Lewis and the, even the Klitschko's and yeah. so many fighters. But 
Tommy had that right hand. And do you think, you know, once Tommy starts getting around nine and 10, when I look at it and I'm thinking, you guys start attacking, you, you're boxing, you're doing great with that, but you can't let, you know, Ray's going to, you know, Ray's going to be coming. He's going to be like, like yeah. he showed in round six and seven. He's going to be the aggressor. Why not? All right. You got him thrown off balance. Try to set up that right hand. Try to knock him out. And that never, to me, it seemed like he was just going to out. The game plan was to outbox him by points all the way to the decision. And do you um, think that was the right call? No. You know, no. Because especially if you're trying to win the title, you got to win that title. Now, he was so, I don't want to say he was so far ahead, but he was ahead a couple rounds. He had, you a, know? Good, he had a good lead. Yeah. You know, especially around the ninth, especially when those, like, six and seven, that were definitely Leonard rounds. But, you know... He was telling Hearns to throw that, throw punches, throw that right, let that right hand go, and he wasn't doing it. So I don't know if it was more like once Hearns got hurt, you know, that he was just like, let me watch out. I don't know, but that's a good point. Like, cause I, I feel like, cause he was doing, he and then for me, I'll say this for the other on the other side of that argument is that he dominated those first five rounds so much by boxing. I can understand why he wanted to go back to that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so, because again, you talked about it earlier, Jeremy, that Leonard didn't have an answer for that. And again, it happened again. Starting round eight, it was pretty much, you know, Leonard stopped throwing so many punches, and then uh, Tommy Hearns got his feet under him, and then started right back over boxing, dominating, yeah. jabbing him, keeping him away. And again, he didn't have another answer for it. You know, nine through nine through twelve is clearly Tommy Hearns easily. And I, I think, all right, I see. Like, you know, we're obviously we're Monday morning quarterbacking it here, but nine and ten. But after a while, to me, it is like, let it go, let it. I mean, because you know, also every fighter, every trainer, everybody knows you don't want to leave it up to the judges anyway. Even though you know you're ahead, especially against a guy like Leonard, exactly. who's such so fan, like a fan favorite. I, I I agree with you. And you have those six and seven, which were really you know the exciting rounds of the fight so far in Leonard's favor. Right. To me, it's like I and I, I you know it could be a combination of of Leonard. I mean, of Manny and Tommy Hearns, but. And I get what you're saying, like rounds one through five, the boxing style, being the boxer, throwing Ray off balance. But to me, after a while, it, the, what, how to really keep him off balance is to start throwing that right hand because the jab, it was affecting the eye, but it wasn't hurting Ray. Like, yeah. It wasn't making him scared. It just he couldn't get inside. So to me, if you start letting that right hand go, then you really got him because now he has to worry about that as well. And it's coming and you, I mean, if you think about it, it's the left eye, so it's already closing. So he he's going to have trouble seeing that right hand. So I agree, man. If he would have let that hand go a little bit more, maybe this fight it's a, it's a different story. But he didn't. No, he you know didn't. What I'm, you know what I'm saying? And and Leonard shifted the fight again. He really did. And you can say Leonard shifted the fight, but with a little help. He, it's one of the more iconic for me. It was something that I I've heard my whole life. And Angel Dundee was there for Ali, and, you know, that relationship is a legendary, you know, trainer-boxer relationship. But when people talk about Angelo Dundee, they go to this line here, and I do love it because I love the honesty. I, it, it wasn't panic. It was nice and calm. But it was like, hey, this shit's about, you're about to blow it. You better step it up. And it's one of the iconic lines in boxing by Angelo Dundee. 
You're blowing it now, son. You're blowing it. My eye was like a slit. I had no peripheral vision. I mean, I remember looking at it and just thinking, <laughs> Angelo kept saying to me, you're blowing it, kid. You're blowing it. You're blowing it. Greg, I separate the man from the boys now. We're blowing it. In other words, you lose it. You gotta take it away from me, okay? And you can just see him explode out of the corner. This, of course, is the 13th round, Randy. You heard everything that Angelo Dundee had to say. You got nine minutes. You got nine minutes. That's huge. That you're, you're blowing it now, son. You're blowing it. Separating the man from the boys. That's that's iconic in boxing. Yeah. And Angelo Dundee going into the 13th round, he says that. And, you know, it's, a, it's not like today, like Jose said. It's not 12 rounds. It's 15. But those, like, championship rounds, rounds 13 through 15, that's when, like Angelo knew, right? You you got to you got to step it up. You got to go for it because you're you're going to get this loss. And I don't care what anybody says. Like that changed that changed something in that fight. You know what I'm saying? For him being that honest, and again, but that calm, and he wasn't panicking like you mentioned. It was just like, kid, you're blowing this, man. Like, and I, I love let's separate the men from the boys. Like that's now let's go mm-hmm. let's go speed and you kept hearing that throughout the whole fight you did speed like he was just wanting him to throw punches man and you know that 13th round Leonard comes out he's flat footed again he's count- trying to counter Tommy Hearns kept throwing that jab and then he threw a right hand over it over that jab a beautiful counter punch landed flush and, and really hurt Tommy Hearns oh yeah he winds up sending him through the ropes yeah now I get that he counted as a knockdown because he did push him at the end I don't think he needed to push him no you know what I'm saying? I think he he would have he would have knocked him down. It's sure. one of those weird ones. It's it is both because he did push him down, but I still see it as he knocked him. He knocked him yeah, down. Yeah, he like, was going you know. down anyway. Yeah, so I don't. I think that was Ray just being, you know, it's that competition. It's that he was rivalry. Hype. He was hype. Yeah, and he knew like, mm-hmm. you know, he those. I do believe like. Don't get me wrong. In all sports, it's, it's the players and you know, in boxing, you know, the fighters, but it's them. But that's where that that coaching, you know, is huge. Where. When you do it at the right, you push those right buttons, Buttons that motivation, it can be the difference between being a champ or coming in second. Right. And uh, Angelo Dundee was perfect with that because I don't think – and, you know, Ray had, had that loss, you know, a year earlier uh, in Montreal to Duran, but I don't think Ray had ever heard Angelo talk to him in that way, you know, in 31 fights. So I think that's kind of what made Ray kind of realize, like – and yeah. also, like, it's bouncing. You lost, you, you got it back with from Duran – and he knows how, you know, that first loss with Duran, Ray was really, like, depressed and down. And I think Ray didn't want to go back to that. He knew he would be the same way if he got this L with Tommy. And even that, right, let's just talk about that a little bit there, me. Um, Even that second Nomas, like, Duran fight, it's not like Ray Leonard was, like, killing him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't he was ahead of, like, five rounds. No. no, they were close. I think he was up, like, maybe one or two rounds. Mm-hmm. But that was it. So it's not like he was dominating. It's not like, you know, Duran was all swollen up and he couldn't continue to fight. It was just he was super frustrated and said, you know what, I'm not fighting this dude. I'm super out of shape as well. But so if we look at that and that let's just say that Duran fight, he's in like the shape that Duran normally is in. Who knows what happens there? And then this is his next fight. And if he loses this fight, then it's like, wait a minute. Like, you know, now we're, you know, that legacy, there's no legacy there with three losses at that point with what, 20. Five wins, I think it was. He was twenty-five and one coming into this fight. I think it was thirty and one. So it would he, it was like uh, it would have been kind of if you count. He like, was thirty and one. Yeah. If you count like a, you know, so like Duran, if he does like lose to him the second, you know, would have been a little bit different. But. Yeah, but it's just like, I, and I think Dun, Angelo Dundee knew 
knew that to your point like look like all right like, he, he just looked at those last three rounds and was like look you're gonna lose this fight i mean he couldn't he had to knock him out at this point he was down so much so i just think he knew he pushed the right button and for leonard's credit he responded to that shit and he came out like a monster no and absolutely and for people to, to look you know for those who don't know ray leonard you know had the golden boy image right you know he Won the gold medal in '76. He he's that that heir apparent to Muhammad Ali. Howard Cosell is you know buddying up with him. You know once Ali is kind of done at the end of the '70s, it's you know Ray Leonard and you see Cosell. So Ray Leonard's that golden boy, but people don't think of him as a warrior. You know they don't even though he beat you know Wilfred Benitez in a great fight. Even though he has that win against Duran, people honestly gave him more credit and more respect for his loss to Duran than with the no mas, which I think is he deserves credit for the Duran fight, the first one that he showed heart, but he deserves credit for the second one too, in my opinion. But you disagree, Jose? I do. I do because, I mean, he deserves credit. He won the fight, you know what I'm saying? And the reason why Duran quit is because he was really frustrated but I also equate that to him being out of shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know that's not Ray Leonard's fault, problem. You know what I'm saying? But, right. you know, he was just like all. Like I like the showboating. I like showboating in all sports. Yeah. You know, but the reason, a big reason why Durant quit was just because the dude wasn't fighting him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was running around and dancing and doing all this dumb shit, and it's like he was just like, I'm done. I'm going to get paid anyway. You know what I mean? And but. I don't know. I I just and you're and you're right. Like the perception was like this golden boy, pretty boy. Even you know what it reminds me of. And I was watching this not like Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean from the Pistons. Like this big smile. Everybody That's loved Isaiah. You know all not like it. Like you know an NBA right. A lot of dudes hated Isaiah Thomas, but you know like fan perspective and like marketing and stuff like that. Like everybody loved Isaiah Thomas, but he was a straight pit bull. You know he was the leader of the bad boy Pistons. Yeah, I look at. Sugar Ray Leonard almost the same way. Like, the way we look at him from the outside, it's like, man, if you're not from Detroit, you didn't know what Isaiah Thomas was about. You just thought he was this nice, super nice guy. And But Ray Leonard, I felt like, was the same thing. Smile, charisma, but was a dog in that ring. And they both had things change. You know, Isaiah had the comments, which, you know, with Rodman. Rodman said the comment about Larry, Larry Bird. Bird and, yeah. you know, if he was black, he'd just be another good player. And Isaiah said, repeated that, and then that changed his legacy you know, people start seeing him as that pit bull type. Yep. And this fight really did that for Ray Leonard. People exactly. started seeing him different. I will say this real quick about Leonard, though. In that second fight, I, I will disagree with you. I do believe I give him credit on saying, you know what? He went to a different approach. He knew, just like Duran did with him, Duran attacked his masculinity in the first fight. Leonard attacked He did. Leonard attacked Duran's <laughs> masculinity in the second fight. And you know what? Leonard was getting—he wasn't hurting him, but he was embarrassing him. Yeah, he was. And that's where was. the key was. If he if Leonard's just moving and not doing anything. Yeah, he was hitting him. Yeah, he was getting—you know—the bolo play. He was embarrassing, and that embarrassment got Roberto Duran, where he didn't like being embarrassed. And I think that's where I give Ray Leonard credit for that. Was the psychological, that in-game adjustment, which is is huge. You know? It is, and that's where his greatness came from. He was a lot. He was a thinker in that ring, compared to these other. You know, we're comparing him to these four kings. Like, I think he was more of, like, the intellectual. And I think, like, Hagler was as well, you know. And I just think, like, Duran was more of the brawler. The, the, he was a great boxer, but he was more of the brawler. And Tommy Hearns was, like, a mix of, like, the brawler, boxer, puncher. So, 
I'll give Leonard that credit. No, so, you know, Leonard winds up dominating Tommy in the 13th round. Yeah. And then round 14, another staggering right hand by uh, Ray, and he has him against the ropes. And then Davey Pearl, the, ref- the referee, winds up stopping the fight in the 14th round. I wanted to ask you about that. That stoppage? Yeah. Do you agree with that stoppage? Yeah. I do. I, I don't... He wasn't throwing punches, right? Tommy Hearns was not throwing punches anymore. He was trying to grab him. He couldn't even do that, you know, which was odd, you know, but I, I, I'm going to let that go a little bit longer. Like, you know, this is a big-time fight, and I, I might let that go a little longer. I, I think especially after the 13th round Tommy had, he went through the ropes. He got saved by the bell Yeah, yeah, he did. in the 13th. So then you see what happened. It's it's like a continuation, honestly. It's like you don't even need, like, the stoppage is, like, the same thing. It's just you see Ray just unloading. So there would have been even a separate – say that that the 13th – what happened the 13th episode, like, the 12th round, and there's that gap, I would agree, like, you should let it go longer. But because it's like, hey, I, I it's now you add, you know – And another, he, he wasn't throwing anything. Like, another, like, you know, it's like seven minutes straight of just seeing a guy just, <laughs> yeah. like, getting like, – laying up against the ropes, and he's wobbly and – He's going through the damn ropes. Like I'd be like, yeah, let's just stop it. Like you got to throw, you got to throw something. You got to show that you're alive somehow in there. And I will say this: there was no argument from the Hearns camp. Not what he didn't argue. You know, um, Manuel Stewart didn't come out arguing. So it was a good stoppage. I just again, like, you know, I just felt like he was ahead for so long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I would try to let him, but he, you, he wasn't throwing. But that's any the thing, Hearns are. That's what you're right. Hearns people and Hearns did not say anything. Now broadcasters and boxing fans were saying that they yeah. were saying, but he's so ahead on points. But you, you got to throw something. And this is a year before what happens with Boom Boom Rayman, you know, Steeny yep. and you know, the death in the ring with uh, with Mr. Kim, and that's what kind of led to changing it to 15 rounds to 12. But still, like it, it, you're going to round 14, you got to throw something. You got to show that you're alive somehow. Tommy Hearns hadn't done it for a long time. Yeah, he was gassed. You can see, and you were talking about it earlier, like these last couple rounds, you can see he was, and again, he was dominating the 9th, 10th, and 11th round. Um, even, you know, even that 12th round, you can say he was dominating as well. But that all stopped when, when Leonard hit, hit him with that right counter right hand in the 13th round. And just, again, like that pretty much ended the fight. But, again, it ended in the 14th. And then Ray Leonard got his, I would say, his signature win. You know, against a big time because he he beat Benitez, but this one here is this is one everybody was talking about. I was going to ask you, you think um, for Ray Leonard, is this the greatest win of his career? Yes, yes, because he he fought Tommy Hearns again. We talked about it earlier, like in his prime or not, that's give or take. You know, he was very young, but you know he he fought Hagler later on in his career. I mean, he fought Duran pretty. Duran was a little older, but. You know, he was still pretty solid. He was a great fighter still. I think this one is. He was, you know, Tommy Hearns was right smack in the beginning of that great career. Was knocking a lot of dudes out. He had 32, you know, fights, 32 fights under his belt. So, yeah, I think so. I think this was his greatest fight because, again, and he, and he, and the thing is, like, you talked about it earlier, like the pretty boy, like the golden boy type of image. He showed in his fight that even though he was getting dominated for a little bit, he had the ability to come in and, and shift the fight and take over in the late rounds and knock knock Tommy Hearns out. So you know, I, I think not only from the type of fight that it was, but what it did for him personally, I think, yes, absolutely. This is easily his best fight. Now, so on the flip side, is it fair 
to judge Tommy Hearns. And like it, it's a pretty big staple of his career, this fight and, and obviously the Hagler fight. Is it fair? Is that a fair assessment? You know, break it. We broke down the fight, watching it, all that stuff, talked about it. Is it fair to have that kind of somewhat linger over his legacy? A big uh, a part of me wants to say no, right? It's not fair. But you got to to be like the all-time great or one of these all-time great fighters, you got to win these fights. You know what I'm saying? Like and if you're ahead this far ahead, you got to you got to you got to close the show, right? Like you got to you got to finish this off and you know, again, like it happened to him Leonard too. Like he was ahead and you know, he was not, he dominated that fight. But you know, he came. The judges saw it as a draw, and but he should have he should have ended that fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it shouldn't have gone 12 rounds. So, like I to me, and the Hagler fight was an amazing fight. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he he did it all. It would have broke. He broke his hand, whatever. But you know, I just think, and you got to win some of these huge fights. And yes, he beat Duran, but he to be one of these all time greats. Like we talk about Sugar Ray Leonard, you got to win these fights. No, and I, I think this is really interesting to me. I, I don't know. Me cause too, because it's tough, though. It's, it's Very hard. thin line. It's hard. This fight is more career-defining than the Hagler fight. The Hagler fight, he's fighting a bigger fighter. Right. He's moving up, and I think he started with that pace because he knew he kind of had to. And I can't remember. Was he favored in the Hagler fight? I think Hagler was favored I in that. I felt like Hagler might have been favored. I, I, I don't have it exact, but I think Hagler might have been favored in that one. But it's... He's moving up to fight a bigger fighter, but this one, he's he is favorite. He had it, you know. I don't I don't know if he ever had the Hagler fight, you know. He never really had that one, but this one was in his his grasp. And I think a little bit of tweaking here and there, he wins this fight. And so I think it's definitely like you talk about it because it's a legendary fight, it's a career defining fight. But yep. I feel like it becomes just too overwhelming. I feel like. When you look at these rankings, whether it be like the late great Burt Sugar, everyone like nowadays ranking all time fighters, it's a big drop off with like the four of them. Where the three of them are kind of close together, and Tommy's like lower on the list. Yeah, and I don't agree with and that. That's what bothers me. It's like you can make a case because don't get me wrong, I love Duran, but you know Duran didn't do what Tommy Hearns did overall as far as winning five weight classes. You know, no. only four other guys that Ray did eventually do it. A little more calculating, like you said, but Ray did do that a lot as well. More but you know, when you look at that, he has great. He does have great wins. I think people kind of forget, and that's why I like. I wanted to say that because he doesn't just have these two losses, and then his other wins are against tomato cans. Yeah, he beat Hall of Fame fighters. Like, yeah, and he he beat them pretty decisive as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I and people want to say, oh well. You know, Duran was past his prime. Okay. Like, you know, he was still Roberto Duran because he won fights after that as well. It's not like his career ended after that fight. No, he won big fights after that. Exactly. And, and you know, Wilfred Benitez, he was a great fighter. He won more fights after that. So, you know, and you talked about Virgil Hill. You know, the second time they fought Virgil Hill was the shit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He had 11, 11 title defenses. You know, he beat him again. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, he beat him twice. So, it's... That those are some signature wins. It's just I feel like those losses out definitely outweigh all those wins, and it's a shame because he those two losses are to like some of the best fighters of all time. So, but again, if you want to be considered those elite top level of all time type of fighters, you got to win at least one of those fights. And 
I, he didn't. I, I'm I'm saying different. I'm I'm going to say I flip. I understand that needs to be part of his like the conversation with Tommy Hearns, but I'm saying we got to. We're starting now, bigger than the game. At least Jeremy is on. The, we're flipping the script for Tommy Hearns because that's wrong. Because like he, we've been saying, he's got big wins that just maybe did not get the press. Maybe people forgot about whatever the case may be. They weren't as epic in people's minds all these years later, but these are great wins that need to be talked about right up there with these epic losses too. And they're not epic in a bad. He was a heart. He showed like a, a warrior spirit in these losses too. Like there's nothing to be ashamed of when you watch this Hearns fight. Definitely nothing to be ashamed of when you watch the Hagler fight. So I, I think the script needs to be flipped for him because he has these great wins and he has some of the most epic just warrior performances in defeat as well. So I, I'm saying. When we look at it, Tommy Hearns doesn't just need to be high on all-time punchers list. He needs to be a lot higher on all-time boxers list. I mean, to be the first to win in five weight classes, to be one of only five fighters in the history of boxing to do that. Yeah, that's 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 big time. And the other four fighters get so much praise, Yep, and he doesn't. And that's where the crime is. He's the first to do it. The other four after him, they're names that we still talk about, you know, couple of them are currently fighting still, but we still hear it. We still talk about it to this day. Tommy Hearns, he's that fourth guy. He's like the Ringo for the Beatles. Yeah. That's what Tommy Hearns is, and that, that's a shame. It shouldn't be. So I don't I don't know if we did this last time, Darren, when we did the Hagler-Hearns fight. Did we rank our top, like the, those four kings, did we rank them? I, I can't remember. I think – I think we might have – see, we, we let the audience in. We did a – we did a, a – like a – trial run when we signed up with last out media studios ah yeah yeah. so i don't know if we did it on the trial run <laughs> or if we did it on the episode but all um, right so let, let's do that then what do you rank your like one through four through the four kings if you need a minute that's fine i can like put like uh, some, i'm gonna give one for i love reading music on doo, 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 yeah doo. <laughs> i'm gonna give one to the uh, to duran Number one? I'm going to give him number one of the four kings. Oof, and the reason ahead. why I do that is because he's the greatest lightweight of all time. So when you're the greatest, even though he wasn't a lightweight in that four kings era. No, wait, let me clarify. You're asking for that era or for their careers? Their careers. Oh, you're, yeah. you're four. Yeah, then Roberto ran number one. Okay. Okay. I will give Leonard two. Wow. No, I take that back. I, I'm sorry. Hagler two. Okay. Leonard two. Tough, man. It's tough. You know what? I I, I know I'll put you on a spot. Yeah, so I might. Because Leonard did win five weight classes as well, but I I'm, I might I might honestly say Hearns three, Leonard four. Yeah, but see, I I, I, I gotta I, have Duran number one just because of what he did for I, so I flip flop Duran and Hagler. You have Hagler at number one. Yeah, and and Duran number two. And then Hearns and Sugar Ray. I got to give it to Hagler. Both of the, I think Hagler's the greatest middleweight. That's why. But I think Duran's a great lightweight, but also Duran wind up, his signature win is at welterweight, what he did to Ray Leonard. Right. And wind up, take, he took it to Marvin Hagler. He did. That's a tight fight. People say, yeah, no, Durant that was a early, that, that was one. a close fight. Yeah. Like, so that's up in the air. And like just what he did and the way he kind of revolutionized boxing in that decade. And that's the decade of the great heavyweights of Ali. So people need to go watch what Duran was doing in the 70s. Because yeah. he in that era, he's the brawler, but he's the boxer. And 
Bro Duran is a great all-time great defensive fighter that no one talks about. So to me, Duran as the greatest lightweight ever and then moving up and dominating, I think just to me, like no doubt about it, you can't have a top 10 boxer list and you don't have a Bro Duran on it. No, he's a great boxer. So I got to put him one because Hagler did stay at middleweight and he stayed there. And don't get me I, I love Marvin. You listen to our episode on him. I think he's just that typical that, like, when you think of a boxer, you think of a man, you think of marvelous Marvin Hagler. It is close, but I got to give it to Duran. Just what he did for boxing and how he revolutionized it, like, it, it's something else. Yeah, I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't, I mean, we got him flip-flops, but, I, hey, like, that's, you know, I can see that argument. That's, like, you know, I think for me it's just preference at this point. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I just think what Hagler did and what he could have done if people weren't ducking him so long. You know what I'm saying? He would have had a lot more signature wins. He would have had titles a lot earlier. You know, I just felt like, and we talked about it, you know, like, and people say it, and the experts, so-called experts, they all talk about that, how a lot of people would not want to fight Hagler early mm-hmm. on. And even these big-time fights, you know, they were they were ducking him. The, the Leonards and all of them, they were all ducking him. So, you know, I just felt like if that wasn't the case, he would have had a lot more wins and he would have had signature wins a lot earlier and then more titles, you know, all that stuff. So I just think, for me, that's why I will put him ahead. But again, Duran, you can't go wrong with Duran. And I just like our three and four are the same. I just think, I just think Tommy Hearns, again, if I had to pick one, like physically, and I talked about it earlier, like physically, like all the specifics, all the genetics, all that stuff, it would be Tommy Hearns. He was just, to me, like a freak package. And, like, we talk about, like, the Calvin Johnsons of the world, the Randy Mosses, the, you know, all these freak athletes. I look at Tommy Hearns the same way, just his size, strength, speed. He had it all, man. You know what I'm saying? And he had the heart you were just talking about. Like, he would he would throw punches. He was standing there with you. And if you wanted to box, he can do that as well. And he was great at both, you know. So, I mean, but just think about this era, man. You know what I'm saying, Jeremy? And he's just sitting there in the 80s, early 80s, late 80s, watching all these guys fight each other, man. Like, it, it was, it had to be so much fun. And the thing is, they're the staple. They're like the headliners of the era, in my opinion. Um, with Tyson, I think, being like a close number two, what he did in the 80s, like from like 80s, you know, five to 89, what he did was unbelievable. But then just the other, you know, Aaron Pryor and Alexis Arguello. Another one. Another you know, two, yeah. You know, what Larry Holmes was doing in the early to mid part of the 80s, you know, even like with Michael Spinks, with, uh, you know, Hector Macho Camacho, different fighters just in that decade, you know, it's why the 80s, you know, that's a lot of the let from Al Bernstein, Gil Clancy, they Gil all Clancy, say yeah. the 80s is the best decade that they ever had in boxing. And you get it from all weight classes. And, and to me, that I have to agree. And you mentioned something earlier that kind of people forget about it as well. It's like what these guys did for divisions other than the heavyweight. Because now they're getting paid like heavyweights. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was Mike Tyson that said it. Like he was like, this fight, these fights, they these dudes are getting paid like heavyweight fighters. And you didn't see that before. You know, they're bringing in, you mentioned it, Tommy Hearns brought in 8 million, Leonard 11 million. Like those are heavyweight numbers. And these guys, these middleweights, welterweights, all these, they were not getting those numbers. As great as they were, they just weren't getting them. And they were putting this division on the map, and people were watching them fight. These these fights were packed. You know, they had all the celebrities in Caesar's Palace. Like, you know, you look back at these fights, man, and they and they were they were the most action packed. You know, because yeah. if you look at a heavyweight fight, you get hit a couple times. That fight's over. You know, if you're looking at a Tyson fight, you may get two rounds, maybe. These fights were 
all-out wars for 12 to 15 rounds. Well, and that's why I got to give Ray Leonard credit more out of the ring than in the ring because I think he saw that more than even the other three. And I think that's why the other three kind of were, were, they jumped on that. And I don't blame them, like rightfully so. Yeah. But Ray saw that from the Montreal in 76. He kind of had the vision to see, like, he, you know, Ali, his career is going down. Who's going to take that mantle? He said, I will. And, you know, he was, you know, cheesing and stuff and all that. He played the part. He played the part, but he got those commercial deals, and he was going on with Johnny Carson, and these fights were must-watch. And and you got to give Ray Leonard credit to me outside of the ring, more than even in the ring, that he led that way. And then on the flip side, you know, you look at a Marvin Hagler who didn't do that, who struggled at the beginning of his career to get that notoriety because Ray Leonard was getting it. You know, Marvin Hagler didn't want to fight in the Olympics. Now, I get why he didn't want to do it because he was trying to support his family. But Ray Leonard was also <laughs> trying to support a family. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he didn't, you know, it was all documented, like the welfare thing and all that, like how he caught a lot of flack for that mm-hmm. because, you know, he they needed that, you know what I'm saying, to support the, the his son and the wife and all that. And, you know, but he was, like you said, he, he was looking at it more big picture. He knew if he fought in the Olympics, that was going to give him a leg up and all those endorsements and give him all those big fights. And it was a brilliant plan because he was getting $30,000 fights early on in his career where you guys like Hagler were getting 10000 If that. If that. And that's a big, that's a huge difference. And we're talking about early 80s, late, late 70s, early 80s, where that's big time money. So, you know, I do give him that credit. And again, I could sit here and talk about how much I don't like him, but I know he's one of the all-time great fighters of all time. Sure. And, and I'll give him, definitely give him credit for that. But these four guys, man, and I know we're here talking about the Leonard Hearns fight, but we can't talk about this fight without talking about these other four great boxers and man this just had to be an amazing time to watch this sport no it, it is it's the peak and i will say to everyone if you're listening if you agree or disagree with jose and i on our list or, or our opinions of these fighters you know tweet us tweet us at bigger tt game pod on twitter that's bigger tt game pod because we'd love to hear your opinions you know we'll put our list up there again yeah and we want to hear what people think you know um there's no there's not one you could give an argument for any of these guys yeah and i'm not gonna be like what the hell like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about like you can your list can be totally flipped and i'm okay with and that. I, I i yeah i definitely respect it like you know you, you can't go wrong with whoever you pick or wherever you place someone with these four guys that's what makes it special makes it fun and for those who haven't you know Go on Showtime. If you don't have it, you know somebody, get it. Watch the Kings because you get to see what these four did for boxing and what they really were doing and how it kind of intertwined with society in the 80s at that time. And honestly, it's a, you know, I know the last dance was great, you know, for, you know, early quarantine in 2020. I don't know, Jose. I like this better than the last dance. I like the, the Kings way better. Hands down. Hands down. Easily, and as much as again that anticipation we had for that last dance, I know you told me about this months before it came out, and I had no clue about it. And once it came out, I was waiting for this. And again, I give you credit for that. I appreciate that. But man, this was great. Like this, these four documentaries were great. And it's just and you, and I know we're we're here to talk about Tommy Hearns as well. So I love you mentioned like he was like the fifth sport or the fifth like sports franchise in Detroit. You know, this Four Kings documentary, especially I think it was episode two, 
does a beautiful job highlighting that because again it shows you know it talks about like Ronald Reagan and all that like coming into his presidency and or running for presidency and it talks about like the tough times Detroit was facing and now you got this you know young shining star in Detroit that gave them that glimpse of hope when there was no hope you know all those like yeah. cliches and all that stuff and then also I was trying to think back like the Red Wings were terrible at this time the Pistons were they were terrible at this they were ter- time. at the beginning of his career right and you know, you had the lines were always terrible. So it's like... And the Tigers weren't good. Oh, I forget about the Tigers. The yeah. Tigers wound up being good in 84. 84, right. So, you know, you got a, a, a really good sports city, thirsty for something, and they got that with Tommy Hearns. Even his first title win against Pepino... Um, Cuevas. Cuevas was in Joe Louis Arena. I give Cuevas credit for even fighting him there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but... It was like a huge event there. You could see the crowd was all excited. It was like it was just a great time for Detroit. And it was all because of one guy, and it was Thomas Hearns, man. I give him so much credit for that. To have to be so young and have all that pressure on you to carry a city like that. And he did, man. I we keep we talked we, we just talked about it for a while here. He did. He represented Crunk Jim. He put Crunk Jim on the map. Now we always hear about Crunk Jim now. He had a lot of fighters come out of Crunk. So Tommy Hearns was the man, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we we definitely, I agree, he deserves the credit. He has a lot more credit. That he's not getting, for sure. So it's, it's you know, important to remember. It's fun always to look back because I grew up, you know, Jose did love in boxing, and I think boxing will never have this again. Nah, not and even close. For people who are younger who don't remember when, it was a big fight for boxing and not Jake Paul and all that other shit. Nah, that's not like boxing. Like actual real great boxers fighting. People need to go look back at this and you'll see why these were events. It was like we said it in past episodes. It was like the Super Bowl and then you had these big monster fights. And for the reasons that we're talking about, these were worth it. It was worth whether you were going at the time to close circuit or you were, you know, one person would get the pay-per-view, everyone chip in. Or somebody was stealing cable. Or a lot of people. Yeah, I was one of those. I stole cable <laughs> for sure. You my, know, I look at my that's own. how I watched De La Hoya Trinidad stolen. You know? I used to watch all he, I used to go to his house, watch all the like WWF SummerSlams and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah, he Absolutely. was the man. My uncle was the man. So, Jose, this is always uh, it's always fun. I don't know what the I, I'll, I'll be honest, don't give a shit what the, the numbers or the, the views, the listens are for boxing episodes. I, I love doing these episodes just yeah. as much as football, basketball, baseball, hockey, because this was one of those first sports I grew up loving. And just as much as any of them, if not more, I love talking the history of boxing. It always gets me going. It's always fun. Yeah, boxing is an amazing sport. I know it's falling off. You know, we got the the, the surge of MMA and all that, you know. But to me, boxing, it, it's – I talk about baseball being my first love in sports. Boxing is very close to that. Um, I, I love – like a big fight. There's nothing like a big fight. Right. I mean, we talk about – you talk about a Super Bowl, NBA Finals, all that stuff. If your team's not in it, it's like, okay, but – you know, a big time fight, you know, you're and all your friends, like you're just sitting there watching this fight and there's all the debates and it, there's nothing like that, man. There's nothing like that excitement. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah, I, I love doing these boxing shows, you know that. So this was good, man. I, I had a good time. No, so for the people's champ, Jose Ruiz, I'm Deremy Dove. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Bigger Than the Game with Deremy and Jose. Take care. Peace.